Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Jason Day, and I had the opportunity to connect with Tom Schultz this week. Tom is the president and founder of Group Publishing and Life Tree Cafe. He's the author of many books, including Why Nobody Wants to Go to Church Anymore and The One Thing. He's the director of the documentary film When God Left the Building. Tom is also the founder of Group Serves, which organizes volunteer mission experiences to help disadvantaged families throughout the world. Tom shares regularly on his blog and podcast at holysoup.com, where he challenges the status quo in ministry and life. Now, in this week's episode, Tom and I discuss one of the most effective ways to both reach your community and raise up volunteers in your church. Tom shares innovative ways to approach ministry to kids during these challenging times. And Tom also explains why he thinks the ministry opportunities for your church this summer might be the most important in your entire lifetime. These are great insights from a great leader that you'll want to definitely pass along. So now please join me in my conversation with Tom Schultz. Tom, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. So happy that you could join us. Great to be with you. Uh, Tom, your company is one that is um, very, very well known. I'm sure that most every pastor and ministry listener listening in right now, ministry leader listening in right now, uh, is familiar with your organization, Group Publishing. It's one of the largest providers of Vacation Bible School, VBS curriculum um, in the world, and so many different publications and resources for local churches. And for many churches, um, VBS is actually one of their biggest um, outreach events that they have all year long, you know, and that's, it's one of the things that uh, oftentimes you have a lot of volunteers who are excited because I think a lot of us remember maybe back when we were kids and we experienced um, VBS. And so um, it's just an incredible opportunity to connect with people in the community. Can you talk to us a little bit? I'm just, I'm just curious about how many churches actually do VBS or some type of vacation Bible school outreach ministry um, each year? Yeah, our, our estimates are that there's uh, about sixty to 70,000 churches uh, in the U.S. right now that are doing VBS. Some of those are combined. So in some communities, there are two, three, four, five churches that get together and have a VBS in one location at, at one time. Oh, yeah, that's excellent. And, and even bringing up that point, Tom, that's it's kind of a beautiful way that churches can collaborate. Yeah. Um, you know, they can come together and really do something for their community um, and kind of pool their resources. So I think that's a beautiful picture of, of the church. What um, what would you say is kind of the role of VBS in a church's overall outreach strategy? I mean, why why does VBS matter to a local church? Yeah, I think for many churches, like you alluded to, this is the the biggest event for children and families during the year. And it's it's a combination of reaching your own, your own people in your own congregation, as well as an outreach to the community. It's it's one of the most visible, one of the most uh, meaningful times uh, to gather children together to uh, bask in God's love and to learn about him and uh, to grow together. And I think those churches that that have 
seen that as uh, such a uh, pivotal time. It's it's sort of like the the engine for the whole rest of the year in terms of of uh, attracting families and helping. Uh, the kids in those families really grow closer to God, and that winds up affecting uh, the whole family unit. There are so many stories we hear every year of kids who get introduced uh, to God and to that church during summer VBS, and then their families, who may not have been churched before, wind up coming to church uh, because of that connection during the summer. So it, it's, a, it's a very powerful ministry. Yeah, and one of the things that um, I always recognized as a pastor was that it had the power in regard to reaching new families, which was hugely important mm-hmm. to us. Um, but it also did something unique in in helping raise up oftentimes new volunteers. Um, mm. they're, they're volunteers who, who maybe weren't connected in some type of um, serving capacity in the church. And for some reason, VBS was one of those things that we could use as kind of an onboarding process for new volunteers or people who are new in the church but not yet found a place to serve. Can you talk to us yeah. a little bit about the power of of how it almost can disciple our own people as they're serving in ministry? You know, it, it's such an attractive and fun ministry, and so many adults plug into that. They see that uh, their own gifts, their own interests can be used because uh, VBS is filled with so much variety. If if uh, an adult loves music and kids, they can plug in with that. If if they love hands-on, crafty kinds of things, they can plug in to that. If they love games, they can plug into that. If, they, if they're into cooking and snacks, they can plug into that. So there are so many different roles that they can take that uh, they love. And then once they, they get around the kids and see all the excitement and uh, the, the life change that happens during that week, it is very motivating uh, for volunteers. And one of the things that... Uh, that we've noticed over the years that is so heartwarming is uh, at the end of the week, how many volunteers step up and say, will you sign me up for next year? Mm. And that's, that's a true testament to how that has affected their lives and ties them into uh, an important ministry role that they look forward to for the whole next year. Yeah, that's, that's excellent, Tom. You know, one of the things that I've appreciated is that vacation Bible school, and you guys do this very well is that it's it's not just, you know, kind of a cookie-cutter approach, uh, although you have all kinds of resources that churches can almost plug and play. Um, VBS can be um, very much contextualized to the, the church setting, to the neighborhood setting, whether it's a, a rural church or an urban church, right? Whether it's, you know, a, a five-evenings-a-week program or a church can kind of flex it and make it, um, you know, a day a day program, or they could do a long weekend type thing. Uh, talk to me about how churches have kind of taken the idea of VBS over the years and have have used it in such a way where they've been able to adapt it to, to kind of fit in so many different um, areas in a way that really connects with, connects with their particular community. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, that's where we've seen the creativity of local churches and, and local leaders really come out. You mentioned things like scheduling and different formats that uh, they can do, and they've come up with so many different formats of uh, the traditional during the day, then in the evenings, weekend, uh, VBS. It can be one uh, one day or night a week for five weeks. There's so many different formats that uh, – 
can be done. And, and leaders are great at adapting to their own community, their own church size, their own volunteer base uh, to make it work for them. The other thing that's been fun to watch in terms of creativity is uh, VBS typically has uh, a very colorful theme each year. And uh, we found that uh, the local directors and volunteers love playing out that theme and transforming their space and their time uh, according to that theme. And the creativity they come out with with that has just been fun to watch and so inspiring to see uh, what what they're doing. And it, it, it's happening all across the country and, and around the world as we see these themes unwrap using people's their own creativity. Yeah, that, that's so much fun. I think of in the summers, you know, if you're if you're ever looking at any social media posts and you're connected to to churches, you get to see all these photos of these crazy props and yeah, and yeah. settings and scenes that they create to go around the theme, and and that's yeah. just another way to to pull in um, people who have gifts that they yeah. may not be able to volunteer. You know, maybe they work during the week, so they may not be able to volunteer. But man, you know, on the weekend before, they're they're out there setting up, you know, pirate ships or you know whatever it is exactly. and uh, preparing for it. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting as as we're talking about um, the creativity and innovation of uh, these leaders in these local churches because obviously we're, we're, we find ourselves in, a, in a, a time where innovation is key as we find ourselves in the midst of, as we're recording this, the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and a lot of churches obviously are, are looking for, for ways on how can we continue to do ministry? Um, how can we continue to reach people in our communities? And, you know, what does that look like? And, and so I'm just curious, Tom, uh, what have you been kind of hearing um, already from children's ministry leaders about what VBS may look like this year and how it might be different, taking into consideration, you know, the restrictions in place, um, safety, responsibility, all of those things? It's uh, it's really all over the board. We've seen so many different examples of, of what people are planning. And we've been encouraging people to realize that uh, as we sit here right now, VBS is still weeks or months away. And uh, that uh, the thing we want to do today is rather than locking down what we think the situation is going to look like in your own community with COVID-19 and with local restrictions and so on, rather than locking down what you think that's going to look like in July or August, uh, to take all available time you can to wait and to see what unfolds. And uh, in the meantime, plan for several different contingencies of how you can deliver VBS. And so what do those look like? Well, we're seeing that uh, many people are choosing a later date in the summer to allow more time for things to clear up. So if they had a June date scheduled, they're also scheduling a backup date in July or maybe August uh, to move to if they need to. Uh, they're looking at different formats. It might be um, uh, moving into the fall uh, with their VBS on the weekend or using a uh, an approach of, of uh, once a week for five weeks. It might be uh, for this summer if uh, your locality is limited to, let's say, no more than 10 people gathering, 
They're, they're looking at uh, finding ways to configure either within their own church building, smaller groups like that, so that no grouping ever exceeds 10, or they're looking at doing uh, backyard VBS formats where they can gather in, in, at people's homes in smaller groups. And then, of course, there are, are those who are also preparing, at least as a contingency, an online uh, VBS at home option. And we're helping with that uh, as well with a very detailed guide to help people uh, see how to do that at home if it comes to that. If, if gathering is not possible, then an online VBS uh, can be done. And for that, we're, we're really encouraging that people look at that as uh, not simply a passive experience for kids, but a way to make it truly interactive and hands-on. Uh, one of the things we've heard already from families and from parents is that kids right now, after being locked down during this pandemic, kids are already experiencing a lot of screen fatigue. Uh, they've they've been staring at their screens and parents have parked them in front of the, the screens or the TVs to uh, wait this period out. And especially when we're looking forward to the summer, kids are going to be uh, eager to... Uh, look at something other than simply that screen. So if we're looking at an online option, we need to figure out ways to make that really interactive and hands-on more than simply a passive experience. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about that kind of online digital delivery because, you know, we've we've heard some Kidman leaders who have who've said, yes, that would be an option, but the challenge might be getting parents at home to be engaged in such a way that it makes it kind of work for the leaders who are leading, you know, from a distance. What mm -hmm. what recommendations would you have if a church is looking at um, this idea of doing some sort of a digital VBS or an online VBS? Uh, what recommendations would you give to, to make that as effective as possible? Um, I know you mentioned the, you know, try to make it engaging, but there are some specific ways that— um, that, that you and your team are kind of thinking through or you've, or you've already heard from some church leaders that might make that um, effective? Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've already heard from uh, some leaders and maybe from some parents about uh, what, what they're anticipating or what they're experiencing already with kids at home learning, because many of them have been cooped up now for some time helping their kids uh, with schoolwork at home. They've become the, the at-home teachers right. and some are okay with that. Others are frustrated or exhausted by that. So one of the things that we're recommending is that uh, we we give some grace to the parents and realize that we can't ask them to be super VBS directors already <laughs> right. uh, and, and to be able to, to stage an entire VBS in their <laughs> living room. Uh, they're just not going to do that. So we've got to simplify things and, and allow it to... Um, to happen so that it continues to be not only fun for the kids, but fun and easy for the parents as well. We can't ask too much of them. It, we've got to make it simple. We've had uh, we've had the chance to experiment with this a little bit with uh, uh, what we've done with groups, uh, Sunday school approaches during the past few weeks where we've offered a free online uh, Sunday school lesson each week where uh, we've, we've really made that interactive and easy on the parents. We'll have some setup uh, with that where we'll say, hey, we might need a, a bowl of water to use in some uh, 
lesson with the kids. And so parents might be involved in helping to make sure that's ready before they start the lesson. And, but that that's all they need to do. And then the kids are instructed from the screen on interacting with that bowl of water, washing their hands or whatever it is, and and uh, engaging in the lesson. But the key is to, to make it easy and fun uh, for the parents. Yeah, that's good. I, lo- I love kind of um, how you guys are thinking through creative ways to to make it possible to be able to do kind of this ministry from a distance. That, yeah. That's great. Um, when it comes to Vacation Bible School, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen over the years as you guys have been kind of leading in this in this, this area? Yeah, there have been a lot of, of changes. Uh, since we've been doing VBS now for 25 years, the, the uh, format that uh, was most common back then was, uh, for instance, a two-week format. And we recognized back then that uh, as more and more uh, parents were having both parents in the workforce, uh, the idea of having volunteers that you could tie down for two weeks was just getting less and less possible. So uh, that's been one big change in America that has happened, is moving from two weeks to one week. Incidentally, uh, we also have an office and uh, complete publishing operation in India, and we do a lot with VBS there as well. And it's interesting there because they've done VBS there for many years as well. And that's one of the things that they're, the common approach there is still a two-week VBS there, and we've introduced in India also the one-week uh, format and it's catching on rapidly there also because the the middle class is growing rapidly in India and they're they're needing the same kind of thing. So that that's one example of a change. Another change that we've seen is uh, the model that uh, we call the rotational model, where rather than having one teacher who is supposed to know how to do everything from teaching the Bible lesson to doing crafts to doing singing to uh, delivering the snacks and, and everything else, which that was the old model. Uh, we've uh, really pushed a, a rotational model where kids can move from point to point during the day and uh, a different leader can be in each station really focusing on what they're good at. So if they love to lead games, that's that's all they have to do. They don't have to worry about preparing the, the Bible lesson and so on. So that's, uh, that's another thing. Another change that uh, we've seen that uh, has really worked, and, and people at the beginning didn't think it would, is um, mixed age groups, where the old approach to VBS was to have it heavily age-graded, where you'd, you'd have all the third graders together, all the second graders together, and so on. And we've really moved to a um, mixed age grouping. People didn't think it would work, but when we tested it uh, over and over again, we found not only does it work well, but it eliminates some of the other problems that we had in the past where you'd have uh, well, a classic example of uh, uh, two fifth grade boys who were friends and were just terrors together. <laughs> and uh, that, that created an ongoing uh, discipline problem. But we found that when, when we mixed the ages up, that it became more like a family group and the older ones would help the younger ones, the younger ones would look up to the older ones and they would learn together, have fun together, and uh, it would also eliminate the uh, the discipline problems uh, because you had uh, the younger ones who would be kind of coached and, and, and uh, held together by the older ones and the older ones didn't want to mess up and 
and goof off and, and create a problem in front of the younger ones. So it, it has really uh, worked. So those are some of the, the structural things that we've seen uh, really change over the years with VBS. Yeah, that, that's 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 good. And and as you're talking through those, I was thinking through um, just you know in our own church in uh, doing VBS and those types of things. And and I'll tell you the 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 one kind of the rotational model, the stations. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was uh, a lifesaver in such a way. And we found that we could get more volunteers. Yeah. Um, because they didn't feel like they had to do everything, you know, for for a particular group. Yeah, um, exactly. They could just focus on on one thing, which which was excellent. And we also were able to get a lot of um, uh, youth to volunteer you know yeah. the high schoolers were were yeah. really because they all wanted to do you know the recreation the games or whatever you know and it's like yeah i get some of those teens in there to, to help out with that so you got to see a lot of that kind of multi-generational and that mentoring exactly. type thing which was yeah. a lot of fun um so a lot of changes ha- have taken place over the years uh, i'm wondering tom as, as you're kind of looking forward and thinking about the season we find ourselves in right now with the pandemic what what changes do you think might impact uh children's ministry that might come out of this that might be kind of lasting? Is there anything that that, um, you have seen or you've kind of thought through that might um, be kind of a lasting change based on what churches are experiencing right now? Yeah, I think some of the changes that might happen are are also changes that uh, we may see happen with the church at large. Uh, I think the... um, the idea of uh, basing ministry, or at least sensing ministry's success or effectiveness around the size of the crowd, is something that's going to affect not only a children's ministry, but uh, all ministry. Mm. Suddenly now, the idea of a crowd is has lost some of its patina. Uh, people are, are going to have, I think, uh, a bit of a lasting aversion to crowds. And the idea of uh, success being the bigger the crowd is something that uh, is going to be under under challenge, I think, for the uh, at least for the next few years as as this thing goes on. And I think that'll that'll have an impact impact on on uh, children's ministry as well, where children's ministry for the past uh, oh I don't know past ten years probably has in some ways tried to emulate big church. And uh, some children's ministries have have tied themselves around uh, a uh, presentational model where your adults and leaders would be up front and kids are expected to sit and watch what happens on the stage in a crowd, passively watching. Well, I think that's something that's going to be under challenge now, and we're going to have to rethink how we do things, and it's going to put more emphasis on smaller groups and uh, uh, a, a higher value on that relational aspect of ministry rather than on the, the passive uh, crowd-based model. Yeah, that's, that, they'll be fascinating to see. And, and it's interesting because um, there is this, this uh, conversation taking place right now about how do we help people kind of go, go deep as opposed to just reaching reaching wide. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. it's important for us to to cast um, wide nets, you know, and and to to live out the mission. But it it seems like maybe in some of these smaller settings, it's going to um, kind of afford the opportunity um, to to maybe be a little more focused, a little more intentional, because you you know you're you're working with a smaller group, 
Yeah. Do you think that will have have an impact on on how the church kind of views disciple making? Even I do. Uh, you know, it it reminds me in some ways of uh, the early church and uh, even some uh, pockets of it. You know, Joni and I were traveling in uh, Turkey a few years ago and and uh, went into the area of, of Cappadocia. And in that area, the early church met in these the, these caves. They would carve their, their dwellings out of caves in these uh, pointy kind of pinnacle-like rock formations. And the church was, was very much alive and active there, but it was limited in size because of, of the size of their dwellings. They, they couldn't make even their dwellings any larger because they were carved out of these, these pointy little hills. And as, as their churches would grow, they could hold maybe, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 people. But as they got to that point and they continued to grow, then the church had to expand by starting up in another location. And uh, they would grow in that way, but each location would be small and intimate and allow people to know one another, know what each other's needs are, uh, know their leaders and their members uh, in, a, in a very close way. And they were very, very strong as a church. And they were growing, but growing in a different way than we think about growth today. Yeah, that's that's. That's, that's super important, and it's one of those things that, um, you know, sometimes we uh, in the church we experience things that um, kind of kind of awaken us to to new expressions or even to old expressions. You know, embracing old expressions as, as you've mentioned, and um, perhaps you know processing through this, you know, this this crisis is going to help us to kind of again see what's what's vital, what's important, what where mm-hmm. are some places that we need to um, prioritize and uh, spend some more time. So that, that's mm-hmm. very, very helpful. In, in one of your um, recent episodes on your um, podcast, Holy Soup, mm-hmm. um, you were talking with Max Lucado. Yes. And Max was kind of reflecting and, and asked an interesting question about coronavirus in, in this, this pandemic. And, and uh, one of the things that he, he kind of reflected on was, you know, is this a form of diaspora? Is this a form mm-hmm. of God saying, okay, you become too comfortable in big buildings or nice buildings, traditional preaching? What are your thoughts on on that question as we kind of look at, at the church at this point? Yeah, I think uh, how he put that is a very interesting way to, to think about what's happening to us today. And you know, as much as, as we have fears and doubts and uncertainties about what's happening uh, today— I have a real peace about uh, God being in control and up to something with this. Mm. And uh, that that picture that Max painted of uh, the diaspora of of scattering, um, I I'm I'm curious to see if if God is up to something with what's happening to the church right now. And, and it's it's worldwide. It's not simply something that's affecting our culture. Right. It's it's a worldwide thing. And could could that that uh, idea of scattering in a good way uh, really paint a picture for where the church is going in the future and where God wants it to go, where we become truly the priesthood of all believers and uh, there are more leaders, more ministry people, more, more people planting the church, but the church related to its original meaning of the church, and, and, and uh, we all become— uh, church planters and leaders 
in small, scattered ways, uh, I don't know. I, I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see what God does with this, and, and that could be. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. You know, Tom, um, can you share with us a little bit about some of the places that if people are looking for these resources um, that, that you guys provide, whether it's Vacation Bible School or some of these other resources, especially some of the creative things that you're doing now um, to help churches as they're ministering from a distance, what, what are some of those resources and where can they find those? Yeah. Uh, you can go to uh, group.com. And uh, we've got, uh, in fact, a whole section set up there for COVID-19 concerns, including a whole slew of uh, free stuff that uh, not only churches but parents can use in the home to uh, help keep learning and and growing happening. And then uh, we've got uh, what's happening with uh, VBS in particular and uh, offering lots of helps there, free helps on, on how to make that work this year no matter what. Excellent, excellent. And we'll have links um, to to those resources in our show notes for our listeners. They can check those out right. there. Tom, do you have any final words before we close down that you might want to leave with those pastors and ministry leaders who are listening in? Well, you know, we started talking about the importance and significance of VBS, and I have to say that— um, this year, I think this is the most important year ever for Vacation Bible School in our lifetimes. When you think about it uh, from the kid perspective, kids today are are through this pandemic. They're, they're filled with fear, with confusion about what's happening. They've been separated from uh, their friends. They have a, a loss of, of hope. Uh, you know, my, uh, my little granddaughter, who's a preschooler, uh, after seeing... Uh, kids one by one disappear from her preschool because their parents were taking them out and the preschool was preparing to close. Uh, She came home and was crying uh, as she was being put to bed. uh, And her mom asked her, what's wrong? And she said, I don't want to disappear. And she saw what was happening around her and she was filled with fear that she was going to disappear or, in her mind, die because of uh, what's happening around. Her grandfather, coincidentally, had died a couple of weeks earlier, so she was filled with with all of this fear and loss Mm. of hope. So if there was ever a time for VBS to come into kids' lives and and bring them uh, a sense of God's love, his protection, his hope, uh, this is it. This is our prime time for the ministry of VBS. And uh, we are just encouraging churches, uh, rather than even thinking about the idea of, well, maybe we won't, we won't do anything this year. This is the most important year mm. to do VBS. Uh, we have kids who are at such a tender point, and VBS is such an important ministry for them that touches them where they are. And then when you think about the the importance of outreach for uh, a church with VBS, you've had you have a community under stress. And if your church can be the one that steps forth and provides this hope and love and encouragement and a place uh, for uh, their kids to know that uh, this is for them, and this is where they can hear God's. Uh, hear about God's love, this places your church uh, uh, at uh, the beacon on the hill. Yeah, that's good. That's in such such a good word of encouragement for 
for our churches, our ministry leaders to be looking at how we can really lean in, right? Lean into this and yep. and be the church um, rather than kind of pulling back and and um, waiting it out. But this is our opportunity to exactly. to truly be the church. Amen. And it may it may look different. Uh, right. Because of restrictions and so on this summer, but it can be done. We're, we're dealing with hundreds, thousands of churches every day who are coming up with lots of creative ideas on how to do it uh, this summer with all of the uh, restrictions and and uh, different challenges that we have. They're making it happen. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Love it, Tom. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And um, again, we'll have um, links to the resources you mentioned in the show notes and uh, we just certainly appreciate all that you and your team are doing um, for the church uh, around the world. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. So we hope you're finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast. And if so, we'd certainly appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcasts so they too can benefit from these interviews. Again, we thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, any questions, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or you can connect with me on Twitter. Finally, you can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the FaithPlay app. It's available for both Apple and Android, and so we encourage you to check that out as well. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.